So I'm, I'm already telling you before I told you before all of that. Oh God! <laughs> you know I'm always getting the wildest of messages in my inbox. And he smiles. Oh boy! <laughs> I'm only smiling because I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. I thought it was mm-hmm. funny. I did. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that days like that. Uh, days like that actually even existed. But apparently. Today is National Suck a Dick uh, Day. Huh? Yeah, apparently. So somebody sent me a video and said, I did not know that this was a holiday. Boy, I tell you. I, here, you I, I, here, here you go. Um, so hmm. I'm like, first, when I first saw it, because it, it was it was sneaky because it wasn't in the title, right? You know, typically you see something like that in the title, you're like, let me delete this shit before my wife starts to, <laughs> she think this something's up. But I actually saw it. I played it out, and it was some self-proclaimed sexpert talking about how it was National Suck a Dick Day. So I even Googled this shit. I thought this bitch was just trying to pull some IG views. So I Googled the journalist like, yes, today is National Suck a Dick Day. So I said, hmm. Then I started oh, questioning. God. Listen, did I ask? Yeah. So this person, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> Listen. This is the thing. I need to stop with the fucking social media. All jokes aside, man. Like yeah, I need to take yeah, a my long for a break. hiatus or something. Time for, time for a break. Because this is what happens for me on IG. Okay? People will message me. You know how when you don't know the person or you don't have any connection with that person, right, it'll right. say, it do you yeah. want to accept so on and so forth? Right? Right, right. And no. me, because I know that we do the show and all that other stuff, I typically read the message and then say, okay, I'll accept. And that's what I've been doing. That's right. how I get these odd messages, right. and I'm so going. Was this a, I'm going to stop doing that. Was this a male, <laughs> was this a male or a female who sent it? What gender was this person who? Sent this, this is video? the worst part. Okay. 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 Worst, worst for who? Worst for me, because okay. I. Hey, 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 I'm not. Okay. I don't want uh, to uh, you. you smoke. I don't want it. I'm not saying that there's. A, if it's a guy, oh, I'm not man. saying it. But one, the account was private. Of course it was. Two, their profile picture did was ambiguous, like some silhouette. It wasn't the shape of a man or a woman. <laughs> so, and the name so was very bad. ambiguous. So oh, I couldn't Lord. discern oh, what gender this silhouette, me, what sex this person was, <laughs> based on the joke. And I'm so that's after I see that, watch the video, I back up and I'm like, who the fuck sent this to me? And then I thought that it was one of you two motherfuckers as a prank. Hell no. It had to have been one of you two jokers just to fucking mess with me today. And I said, nah, mm-hmm. these dudes wouldn't do some shit like that without at least jumping in our group chat and be like, you goofy ass motherfucker. Some shit like that. Yeah, no, brother, it and wasn't like, me. No. One crush. It was so one of your other one of your male fans out whatever. there. See, yeah. I told you when I see I've only got a couple of weeks before I see you. I told you when I greet you. Oh boy. When I greet you, it's gonna be a square on kick to the nuts. So then I Hey oh, it's National Sucker Dick Day. Like <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Who wakes up in the morning and says, and I'm going to send that message out? And send it out to somebody, right? And then, yeah. like I said, as as my Facebook uh, as my Facebook lockdown has expired today, I get a message like that. And I'm thinking to myself, I really do need to break, break away from fucking social media. Because I can't take this shit. Man. I need like a I don't, real, I don't real know idea. anybody else who gets as much anonymous sexual content as Such you do. Like, I get the pipeline of filth. But you, bro, you get the, the white woman I'm masturbating in the dumpster. <laughs> you get. I mean, you get it all. I heard about a similar holiday. The, the lady from the dumpster, you were never in attention. <laughs> One of the greatest stories of all time, bro. One of the greatest stories of all time. Yo. <laughs> he said he can't even eat Popeyes no more because he's thinking about some white lady by a dumpster. Nah, like, <laughs> oh, God. Good new news the beans and rice, doesn't it? <laughs> look, I mean, you know, that kind of holiday, man. <laughs> I mean, on a personal note, I mean, it's I, that's a holiday I can get behind, but I can't. I can't have somebody send me some random shit like that. Like nah, I said, I, I told you, whenever I get a, messages like that in my inbox, I have heart palpitations. That's what, I, from a woman, I'm like, that's I don't a, need that's, 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 a, that's a very intimate celebration. You know what I'm saying? I, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Oh, I, yes. I, I, I don't think you get that. <laughs> that's in LA, is it? Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world <laughs> and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who you know the holidays, national holidays. Maybe not all national of them, holidays, but most I, mean, I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. Let me introduce the rest of this social media platform right here, man. Crush, what's going on, man? What's good, everybody? I am not Snapchat. <laughs> Al, what's up, my guy? <laughs> you already know. What's good, family? No doubt. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, joining us for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit mm. that like button as well. Get more videos please. like this. Help the algorithm. And of course, you can follow us across social media at In The Black, PBCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But before we jump into the thick of it, I want to start tonight's uh, show off with our black box letter, which is actually another interesting message that I got in my inbox. Um, <laughs> Many of you know that we have been, that if you've been following the show for some time, you know that we're very critical of both uh, black people and white people. And we try to be as objective as possible because we know that there's a great area there in many, many cases, right? And we very often get hate mail Mm. or hate messages, especially Mm. on YouTube. We get fun. get hate messages from a lot of white people that think that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Fun. So much fun. I got got a message in my inbox today from another anonymous, but he goes into detail about telling me his backstory that he's a 49-year-old black man and, you know, he's raised his kids in Illinois for the past 
20 years of his life and blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line of this message was you all, this is in respect of, in perspective to, or in respect to critical race theory. Okay. Oh, God. All right. You all are clear. You all clearly don't know what you're talking about. I've watched a couple of other episodes of your little show, and I'm not surprised that you all have the views that you have on critical race theory. I've served in the Navy for eight years, and one of the things that as a black man that I've learned over all that time is that we are all Americans. Your show continuously discusses issues in a way that is not only meant to divide us, it seems like y'all are never even satisfied with the black people that are on your side. A bunch of liberal know-it-alls that can't see the black people have made progress in this country and can only complain about, in your words, and this he puts it in quotes, <clears throat> black faces in white spaces. You guys are the reasons why the black community has trouble uniting. Race baiting hypocrites, you all can go fuck yourselves. Now, I tell you, out of all the things he said that I'm the most offended about is the fact that he called me a liberal. Fuck you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, out of all the things, fuck you for the liberal, bro. Okay? I don't give a fuck about nothing else. A liberal? I would have to second that. <laughs> now, the reason why I wanted to yeah, share I, this as I, 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 I personally love all of the energy that he put in. That, 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 I, mean, that, oh, I mean, just, just, just all the energy. I, I, I can absorb it all. He's a fucking all coward. Up. He's listen, a coward. Listen, the reason why up. I wanted to share this is because Please, I'll let you finish. It's very often that we get hate messages from a certain demographic. Typically, middle-aged white men telling us that we ain't shit, and that we're race baiters, and that we're hypocrites, and all this other stuff. But okay. very seldom, to be very honest with you, if we've gotten a letter like this from, or a message like this from a black person, I cannot recall it. So it stood out to me in the thicket of all of those other messages that we've been getting. So I want to open the floor to you guys and ask this question: How do we? Not us as the show, because we don't give a fuck. But how do we as black people deal with other black people that seem to always be against critical thinking or against having perspectives that are contrary to their own? Hmm. I think there's two ways that we can deal with these people. Uh, one of the ways is to attempt to actually engage in dialogue with them. Uh, and then from that engagement, make a decision whether you're gonna further continue a relationship, i.e. keep the back door open for them to grow, change, and to you know have their thought process reshaped. Uh, or close the fucking door on them and let them be out there. Uh, I tend to want to take the discussion, dialogue, engage route. Because I think sometimes we just typically, some people just have a, a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding of a particular thing. And we can learn a lot from just having open, willing dialogue with each other and dealing with our differences. Uh, of course, that trash statement that is so cliche at the moment that we're not a monolith, that's absolutely right. We're not a monolith. 
but there are certain things that I think that we should agree on. Uh, and one of those things is how we treat each other. There should be a line and a code that we don't particularly cross, particularly in the presence of white folks. So, for instance, with this dude, if he would have sent a a whole different sort of message that would have, you know, given us a way to contact him to engage in the discussion, we would have reached out to him offline in a non-public setting and engage with him his actual articulated points of disagreement with the show. But when he pulls this fuck shit and send us a message that, A, first off, you tell me that you listen to the show a number of times, and then all of a sudden you hate the show, but when you write in to cuss me out, you don't even have the balls to actually attach your name to it. I mean, you don't even have the, na- the audacity to attach a fake name to it. I mean, so I really can't even take you serious based off of what you're saying. If you would have provided an actual critique, and I'm one who believes in a critical analysis of all things black, if you would have provided that, bro, we could have chopped it up and we would have examined what you had to say. But based off of the way that you engaged this, I can't even take you serious. I can't even give you more attention than this. But typically, those two things. I like to have dialogue, even in disagreement, because I think there's growth and conflict. And then if we can't you know, grow and mend or remain in some sort of a relationship, I can either A, keep the door cracked, or slam that shit behind you. You're on mute, y'all. You're on mute. Yeah. I think what you said, it means a lot. Tone means a hell of a lot because he could have had those same disagreements. And like you said, we could have had a conversation about it. And even at the end of the day, we could be, we can disagree, but not be disagreeable, right? Mm-hmm. We can go our separate ways and not have to worry about it. But when you have a a group of people and I use a group of people because typically we assign, we assign it to the Karens and the Chads of the world. But we know that there are folks like this brother that has their ass on their back about something that doesn't want Subsets. that doesn't seem to want to have that critical those critical thoughts or to have that open dialogue. And I think the mere thought of us having these contrary opinions. Maybe he feels threatened because just based on what he's saying, it really appears to me that our viewpoints on critical theory specifically makes it feel like we are one un-American. And he made mention in earlier in his message about how L and I, as people that have been listed, should be ashamed of ourselves for peddling this type of knowledge, this type of uh, <laughs> this type of dialogue, and this type of <laughs> this type of talking points. That we took an oath and that this is the America that we sat for and we stood for and that we did all these other things and that it's it's an embarrassment. That's one of the reasons why I think he put that part. I've served in, served in the military for eight years and blah, 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 blah. Um, one day we'll have the conversation about why most black people actually enlist in the military. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have that one for you. He'll really listen yeah, to that's, that that's, one. That's going to be a very interesting <laughs> conversation. Crush, what do you think, man? I mean, basically, you know, I would you know rather engage with those that truly want to engage with me. 
and you know when you want to uh choose to be uh antagonistic um towards uh any kind of true discourse um you know my motivation would be lacking you know clearly um in uh, in those cases i let those people be i uh yeah there are bigger things to worry about than pointless discourse and with adult men that don't want to change um especially at that point in their lives i would like to think the optimist i mean we'd like to think that we could at least you know find a common ground around the basic issues of our existence here um but i'm not that optimistic and i would rather put my energy into other things um like our children and uh police reform you know um you know trying to change his mind is not going to uh you know is is it's not going to add to the to, to the diaspora right now yeah. that i that the diaspora needs our attention not one man who uh clearly is obsessed um with three black men listen 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 i'm 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 a <clears throat> you can see how I, and i L's usually the one that tells me that I need to calm the fuck down because I'll be ready to jump in these comments sometimes and tell these motherfuckers to burn in hell. No, but no, no. composure but is you can key, see that I, This thing key. had me kind of worked up because we even skipped most of the housekeeping. I didn't have L tell you guys. <laughs> I you know. know. They said, fuck the shirts. I was just like, said, fuck the shirts. I was like, this nigga, fuck, fuck the Patreon. Let's dig into this dude's ass right now. We're going right to Jesse Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but I... I the, the, <laughs> the thing that really kind of gets me is that we always, it seems like we do always have these arguments or these conversations around these uh, watershed moments, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have critical, critical race theory as one of these watershed moments. And it does bring out a lot of... Oh, man. Yeah, boy. It does bring out a lot, a lot of feelings, of a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. I mean, all the all, all this, all this, all this analysis gets makes people so emotional. I don't. I don't emotions I don't, make me cry sometimes. Emotions and analysis, <laughs> statistics, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see how I don't see how you know I don't see how a little dissertation would make you all weepy and emotional. But I know that there's a and, and I know that there's another school of thought that says that people like that should we shouldn't even waste our time on people like that. Yeah, definitely. We shouldn't even be engaging yeah. with people like yeah. that. And I don't mean necessarily us with the show, because that's a totally different conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about in the larger sphere, in the grander conversation that black people have, when you find these types of people there was, that appear I mean, there, to be roadblocks, there was a time you need to leave them there was alone. A, there was a time when that was when 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 you, you had to find ways to supersede that when we needed everyone on deck. Yeah. But over time things became clear, especially after our leaders got killed. And, and this, 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 this psychology kind of seep into us from the seventies and shit, you know, it became clear that the choices people were making from fear, from retro, from this innate fear of retribution was making, was making them different choices in life. You know, mm -hmm. you, you are right. I think I there's an older black person this week. Tell me that they referred me to a conversation that we had a few years after we started the show all right okay. saying that you have wow. to be careful oh. what you say because you don't want to get the wrong you don't want to essentially you don't want to get wrong attention? people upset and have them come after you right 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 and that is not a very uncommon perspective to have or narrative that you hear yeah. when you have black people start talking the way that we talk 
yeah. that you don't want to ruffle the wrong feathers. You're going to get white people, the, the specific type of white people, angry that are going to cause trouble for you. Right. And it's, 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 and I think those black people who make those type of statements, there's a level of validity to what they're saying because the evidence is, some of it, out. It, it is dangerous to say the things. Truth is always dangerous, right? Speaking yeah, of truth always. is all, all, always dangerous, man. And that's why everybody was running around truth to power. But there is a level of, Think something that you have to take into consideration when you begin to be vocal about the things that you see taking place, when you begin to talk about imperialism, colonialism, white supremacy, and being critical and using critical analysis, empty often of emotion. Emotion may be present, but emotion is not driving it. Mm -hmm. makes, that makes people incredibly uncomfortable. And what this gentleman mm -hmm. who sent that black box letter in is saying, I wish he was a small piece of the black society today, but that's that piece that he's spitting out. That shit is growing. Yeah. There's more and more people yeah. who are beginning to think like him. And the sad reality of it is I'm seeing more and more black men hold that view that I am seeing black women. Black women are beginning to be, or not beginning to be, remaining the most radical component of black society, as they always have been. Then black black men, again, are beginning to fall into a, a really a black liberal stance of believing that progress is is, is already taking place. It's that mixture, that hybrid of conservatism of, and liberalism. I, and I think always Obama has a lot to do with it. I, I I can see where you would say. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. don't know necessarily if he's the yeah, cause, definitely. but I can see. Oh, no, 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 not the cause. I reinforce an enabler. Okay, sure, absolutely. Okay. okay. Now, do you think that that has to do, because I've seen this come up often as you're talking about this correlation between black men and the growing number of black men that are have these middle of the road to conservative viewpoints as they start to grow. Do you mm -hmm. think it's because of their proximity to whiteness or this well, desire to be, mm -hmm. to get closer sure. to the power either, because either, proxi the either their proximity to or desire to be prox in proximity to. Repeat yeah. that. Either their proximity to or desire to. And, and I think there's a third component that we, we have to address. It's the proximity to, the desire to be, and that they already are sleeping with or married to. or they already. And I guess that would fall underneath the proximity component. Mm -hmm. But I think also there's <laughs> another dynamic to it also is that because our issues are so deep and so multi-layered and just feels like we're never going to be able to overcome them. Many people are just flat out choosing to succumb and play for the other side of the team. I mean, play for the other team because they feel like there's a more of it. And I don't know if they're making a conscious choice, but subconsciously they're feeling like, Hey man, it's some safety over there. And we've always had that, right? No, we've always, we've, we've always had that. We've always had those who've chosen to, yeah. you know, work in the house, not just because it was warm in the wintertime, but because it was closer to master. Mm. No, I, I think it's more of a conscious choice than that. It might be. 
They might be. It's a more of a conscious choice in the way they choose to educate themselves, sure. in the way in the, in, the, in the economic choices they make, mm-hmm. um, even in the, uh, the in, even the spaces they choose to uh, exercise their profession. Sure, these these are all expressions of the kind of the kind of things that you believe in, and the kind of mm-hmm. the kind of environment you would rather uh, you know rather propagate for your for your community, um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, chances are, you know, these things are contrary uh, to, to to the actual progress of you know, mm-hmm. the diaspora itself, because you know that's you know it's too it's too risky. It's too risky mm-hmm. for that. And I think there's a class analysis that must take place when I we think, have these conversations. I think that's one of the man. biggest points. Yeah. Of our yeah. 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 People that are within a, that middle class, the upper middle class, class going to hear that are now. the ones who are leading the charge with this type of rhetoric. Yeah. And it's unfortunate to hear that, man, because I know many of us have bought into it. And I say that as somebody who knows that they are in that that bracket, right? Mm, many yeah. of us feel like we have, that it was all because of our own effort and nothing else. Because that's the mm. way the American, that's the way the, the capitalism tells you that it has to sure. be. Sure. That yeah. you work your ass off and you get it, that America Pull is a meritocracy. Up. And you get it, yeah. right? But at the same time, we as black people have never really been afforded that level of luxury. It has always not not only been through our own sweat, but through the sweat of our brothers and our sisters and our parents and those people in the community to help us to build and get to where we are. I'm going to give you a perfect example. When I was unemployed, I told you I worked in pharmaceuticals for a very long time and I right. ended up- He was a drug dealer, off. ladies and gentlemen. He was a drug dealer. I knew he was going to say that. Oh my God. <laughs> But all jokes aside, I worked in pharmaceuticals for some time. I got laid off in 09. I've never heard of a drug dealer getting laid off. This is I know, time. I know. That wasn't It happens. It happens. This is how things work out. So I ended up getting laid off, and me and my wife ended up getting laid off, and we were both unemployed for about a year and a half. I will never forget that. I went to an interview for my current position now. I went for an interview in the summer of 2010 and had an opportunity to meet another Nigerian brother who brought me in under this contract, had sat down with him. He liked me, brought me to his two supervisors, two black women, two black African-American women, and they loved me. And I knew they told me that the position that I had applied for, right, mm-hmm. that it was a little bit above my skill set, but mm-hmm. that if I was available come December, yep. that they would revisit it and we would end up, they would hire me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I got this, I had that interview in the beginning of the summer of 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. December comes and I had completely forgotten that I had even fucking interviewed for that job. Of course you did. They called me and said, hey, uh, we remember you. We offered you this position. If it was available, do you want to come in for another interview? I said, sure, I'll come in for another interview. Why not? I get into the interview. My interview lasts two minutes. Mm-hmm. Both of the sisters that were there and the Nigerian brother that I told you that I first ran into said, we remember you from, from the summer. We don't have any questions. This is just a formality. Mm-hmm. We just had to have you sit in. We're mm-hmm. fine with you. And that's how I got my job. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily because the skill set was there. I busted my ass and all those other things that America would have you to believe that you need to do to move to the next level and get what you need to get. Yeah, but man. because through your connection and the 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 the, the ingratiating yourself with other mm-hmm. people and the community, because the identifying, up, sure. I yeah. told them up front. I said, "Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm unemployed, and my wife is unemployed." Yep. I want this job. The woman looked at me after in that second interview. I will never forget Miss Trina Simon. She's passed away now, unfortunately. God rest her soul. Rising she, she, said, she said, I looked at you. I saw my son and his mm-mm, wife. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And thought about where you were. Mm-hmm. And you were already like you were already likable. And it's not like you didn't know what you needed to know to have the job. But that's what compelled her. And she told me this after I had gotten the job, of course. She didn't tell me this in the interview. But she told me after, she's like, I saw you and I saw my son. I saw his wife. And I thought to myself, how could... How could I say no? How could I... How can I say no? And the the thing is, we as black people will use those type of experiences to give each other a leg up and give them a boost. And that's that typically is a a risky move for those who are in power to make that type of choice. White people, on the other hand, will simply give you a boost up because your ass is white. They don't give a about the experiences that you're facing or the trials that you're experiencing, they will no, simply no, 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 say... No, but that's, 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 but that's the part of the thing that gets me, though, my guy, mm-hmm. is that even... And I don't I don't want to make this a white bashing party, but I don't give a fuck at this point. Like I said, the, the messages no. have been blowing my mind. I mean, okay? <sighs> white people will have... White people have a PhD in nepotism. Oh, of course. Your proximity oh, to yeah. the right types of white people, or it, it's always Look. been an opportunity for you. Meanwhile, they will turn around and tell you that affirmative action and any other resource like it is a bane mm-hmm. on the existence of America. Yep. Bro, in the federal it's government. Right to your face. <laughs> Listen, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest, I can't think of a sector of employment where white people and nepotism are not sleeping together. I, I just can't think of one. And every, I mean, I, it is the most disgusting thing that you can see. And when you face it and you see it, you are absolutely powerless. There is literally zero you can do to combat that shit. Because typically, the motherfuckers have the, the HR department. They got somebody everywhere. Man, I worked at a federal facility <laughs> Where this one dude was an alcoholic, and he had a family member in every fucking department. His, his aunt, his mom's sister, works in HR. So whenever he got it, listen, it was one of the most. And I'm thinking about if, and I said it, if he was black, his whole family would have been fired. Mm. They, they, they got rid of the whole fucking family. Mm. Look, I once w- worked for this publisher as an editor out here in Maryland for a few years. And during one year, this uh, this young white guy pops up in the unit next to me. Seemed cool. Seemed like he was in college or whatever. You know, I was on my way out of college, and everything was going okay. And then, like one day, um, you know, I uh, I uh, I get called into the office, and they're like, "Hey, um, is everything going okay with you and such and such?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Wow, what's wrong?" 
uh, he's saying that uh, you called him this and da 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 da. Y'all did that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? I, I, I just, I just like, I just like had a Big Mac with this dude. I, that, that's it. I'm like, <laughs> what, what's going on? And, and, and the thing was, and the, and the thing was, uh, it was two guys. It was uh, my supervisor who was black and white guy. Supervisor, my, my supervisor was just looking at me, just like. Later on, he told me the uh, this little white guy was a nephew of the boss, but no one but neglected to tell the HR that the guy's on meds. On psych on on on, on uh what, what was it antipsychotic meds, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't feel like to take feel that just doesn't feel like taking them sometimes. And so that must be nice. Yeah. So so you know when this, when this comes out. When this comes out, I hate your ass so much, really. Um, you know, of course, this this uh, this white dude's trying to be apologetic, but then he flips out and calls me this, that, and a, this, that, and the third. I had to get escorted out the building. My god, you know, my supervisor that's sitting there, like, you know, he's just going back home to <laughs> he's not going to jail. <laughs> I was like, man, if my supervisor right. wasn't black, I'd probably be unemployed. Yep, I think I bring this whole conversation up honestly. That the crux of the reason why I brought all of this up is to be honest with you, because sometimes I feel like I'm at a loss, and I know that L's been in the streets. He's been doing his thing for quite some time, so maybe he doesn't have that that level of care any longer. Maybe it's that he surpassed that. But for me, sometimes I feel like I'm at a loss because I think that we do when we do this show, we go deep into these topics and we have these conversations that we're doing a service. To people, yeah. to a particular right. audience, absolutely agreed. Yeah. That we're yeah. trying to have these meaningful conversations, and based on how we see things, based on the facts that we see in our life experiences, that this is the way we see things. So to hear someone who's part of the tribe come out mm-hmm. and say things like that—that's why I said it, 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 it got in my crawl. Actually, but you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing because you know we elicited a reaction out of it. You know what I'm saying? We 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 actually made him actually try to collect whatever thoughts were in his head. You know, to, 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 to try and communicate, even though it was it was it was it was a boring communication. Nevertheless, he was motivated to do something. So, you know, in, in, in that regard, for all the people with the hate messages, feel free to express yourself. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a wide world out there. You know, scream it out loud. I don't care. <laughs> Just articulate that shit. Hey, I, yeah, don't I don't care. You sending me, you sending me the type of messages my six year old writes in crayon. <laughs> what you talking about, like, bro? Did you end it with a fuck you? Like, oh my god, he said fuck you at the end. Like, I'm like, you're older than me, man. Why we start off with yeah, fuck you're older than me. No you're older than me with children. No you're cussing at me, so I'm like, I did, man. I did eight years. Of- what? So, he's, he's, he's trying to connect with y'all. He's trying to connect with y'all on that level. Yeah, I think we should be ashamed of ourselves because we wore the uniform and we talked. <laughs> look, right, I, man, like, look I can't wait. I can't wait till y'all get into that discussion because I would love to hear perspectives. I have quite a few. I family in the Air Force. Don't don't knock them. They were good. They were dope. My dad was in the Air Force. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, every time I say that, someone usually has yeah, some crazy. Air, Air, Air Force is trash. Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm not going to disrespect. L's dad is a great man. The Air Force is trash. Move on to the next joke, man. You want me to go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. What a story, man. Uh, Tristan Goods on December 2nd, uh, 22nd, Tristan Goods, his wife, April, his two daughters, Monica, 11, and Tristina were driving to visit their uh, relatives in New York. When Trooper Christopher Baldner stopped them, uh, of course, you know, he stopped them saying, hey, you guys were speeding. Trisha responded. No, he said, you guys are speeding. It's going so fast that you shook my car. Tristan was like, nah, it was a tractor trailer in front of us. You know, so Tristan's wife was like, hey, can we speed this up? It's late. Everybody's tired. He starts yelling and screaming at Tristan's wife. April goes back to his cruiser then comes back to Tristan's car and begins to flood the car with pepper spray. Like unprovoked, there was there was no justification, just begins to flood the car with pepper spray. Now again, it's Tristan, his wife, and two children in the vehicle. So Tristan at this point in time does what most of us would have done gets panicked and wants to get away from this particular, situ particular situation. So he puts his foot on the gas and tries to haul ass out of there. Baltner follows, bumps Tristan Good's car rams. one time, rams it, sorry, rams it one time, rams it a second time. The second time he causes a rollover accident and in this accident, 11-year-old Monica is ejected from the vehicle and dies on the scene. And so I'm reading the story, man, and I'm, I'm just, and of course, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for the loss of life of a child that is absolutely unprovoked in every sort of capacity. And, and, and I'm at a loss, man. So... I don't even know how to navigate these stories anymore. Uh, I still get angry. I still, you know, still want to organize, still want to gather and rally the people. But I'm at a loss because none of what has taken place in the in the past seems to have had any sort of effect on the present in any sort of change. So Baldner currently is on death duty. Baldner didn't get fired. He didn't get suspended. He's on death or arrested. He's on death duty, man. Child is dead. 11 year old child was ejected from the vehicle. You're sitting at your desk. That 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 this uh this uh this this story you know defied the uh, explanation. I just I don't I don't I just I I you're you're not supposed to. I've heard about the laws about high pursuits from way back. 
I think we all know about the laws on high pursuits. They can't chase you. Nope. Most cases, most states don't allow. Most people allow. allow. They they do and, and that maneuver, and that maneuver you pulled, yeah. that's a definite no-no. Especially with civilians. Yeah, pit moves. You knew there were children in the car. So you're a freaking, you're a demon. Yeah. You're evil. And the New you're York evil. State Police Policy. You knew there were children in the car. You're evil. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. New York State Police Policy notes that high-speed pursuits should be minimized and outlaws using reckless or hazardous measures even if a civilian driver is doing the same. That includes the pit maneuver, which is what he did to what he did. ever flip over. And we talked yeah. about that maybe a couple of shows ago where he flipped yeah, over gonna, another state trooper. Yeah, and the white, I think white one, of our, uh, one, one of our listeners actually corrected me. It was not um, Pennsylvania, L. It was in Arkansas. And the okay. same thing happened where they hit this pit maneuver on a car where this woman was driving and flipped her over. Same exact thing. Um, I'm... I'm I'm with you guys. I'm at a loss. I don't know how to navigate stories like this anymore because it continues to seem or appear to me that the police department, at least those that seem to that they want to protect the most are these mediocre white guys that had nothing better to do or that had anger issues. What? And they take out their frustrations on the civilian public when things don't apparently go their way. What right? should the DA's response be? <laughs> Patricia Wright. Uh, you are, I mean, I mean <laughs> and I think I, I will I will take a step back and I will say that yeah, that's uh, the, the state with the state with a six billion dollar budget. Because because the because six billion the attorney the attorney general right now, Letitia Wright right now. The Letitia James. Of, I thank you. Letitia James. The amount of energy she is putting into getting Donald Trump, I want to see what type of energy she puts into this and to see what this turns out to be. <laughs> to see whether or not she's going to fall back because we all know that that police union becomes a bastard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially And I want to know if she's out. willing to fight. And I don't I think she don't is. Know, I, do do any either of you know what happened to the elderly white man that was pushed? Remember during the pandemic they pushed that old the seventy plus year old guy down, fractured his skull. Yeah, I don't know. They I pushed. I think they removed the two guys off the police force. The police union, especially the one in Buffalo, all of them stood. I've never seen a uniting like that ever in my life pathetic ever in my life pathetic. and i think the way they fought it they ended up getting those two guys back back at work now did they end up getting fired i don't know that's something that we're going to research and we'll get back to you but the fact that the union stood up so quickly like they literally had not just the union like when they separate when they had the two guys that were involved in it and one was a rookie one was somebody that had been with the force for like three or four years they let those dudes go home or sent them home they formed like there were at least four to five thousand people outside of the outside police station the where they worked mm-hmm. in protest for them being sent home. The police unions is the most powerful army in America. And probably, <laughs> and probably the most compromised. 
In America. They say it's the biggest gang in the United States. The biggest mafia. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see how they act, you see how they act at press conferences? It's hilarious. My, my, they're they're supposed to be some of the most brazen and brash people you will ever. Those New York, those New York Union guys, yes, crazy. Why, out of their why, minds. Why, why they're out they of be? their minds. Yeah. I mean, if you have the ability to literally have that type of power in your hands, where you literally can take someone's life, get a couple of days off, may get fired but you're going to be transferred to another city and get a job of equal pay in the same rank. Why wouldn't I feel like I can do whatever the fuck I want to? There's nothing to stop me from doing it. Yeah, exactly what happened to the, the police officer that shot Tamir Rice. Yeah. Not even a few months after all. It was a, it was a year or so afterwards, but yeah. still. But there's nothing in place, man, to be... Even when Chauvin got what the fuck he got, Mm -hmm. one of the big things was people put the data out stating how often police officers are are convicted and serve jail time. It's an incredible... So, So when these dudes do this type of stuff, I can go to work and exercise whatever type of fucking demon that I want to exercise. Mm. So I can spray a car that has a family inside of it full of pepper spray. Then I can chase them down, ram their vehicle two times, and one of the times cause a rollover accident that actually injects a child and actually Let's goes call it what it is, murdered a child. Mur- murdered a child. Murdered. And go sit at a desk and work and collect the same pay. Eat the same fucking donuts. Probably get a pension. Yeah, let me, probably, let me ask you guys a question. Because, and I, I hate to make the connections, but you got to. There was a time, I think it was at the beginning of Mayor de Blasio's uh, tenure, when he first became mayor, where he said some, honestly, very benign things about the police and how police need to be, to do less uh, stop and frisk, how they need to, how True. we've removed stop and frisk, how they need to be more conscious of how they treat black and brown people and so on. And they did, uh, he did a press conference in a police union and interrupted police and they turned their back on him when he was talking. Could you imagine, let's just say, for example, that it was, let's just say it was a, the same mayor, but it was the army national guard. And it was the black servicemen that all turned their backs on Mayor oh de Blasio. God. What type of firestorm that would be? You disrespectful, what would ungrateful. We probably get more. We probably get a slew of letters like, "Oh boy, they sent us." Disrespectful, the ungrateful. You know what I'm saying? Ingrates. We, we let you in this country. Yeah, yeah you should yeah, be yeah, thankful. Yeah. We gave you guys freedom. <laughs> we gave you guys freedom. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm at a loss. And I don't know how to navigate these stories, man, because you you want to grieve because when you hear things like this, especially when there's a child involved, your heart immediately goes out, right? Yeah. And then at the same time, you it, it feels like it's par for the course. This is not the first time, and we know it's not going to be the last time. No. I don't I don't know how to I, mean, I honestly don't know say how that. to deal with these stories anymore, man. Crush, what you got for us, man? Well, I found an interesting article. 
um, declaring that the White House is pushing to jumpstart Civil Rights Era Cold Cases Board, uh, something that was uh, signed into effect under the, under the Trump administration, but uh, was assigned no members. But apparently, uh, the current administration is looking to assign uh, very specific members like Dr. Claiborne Carson, a scholar on Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, Gabrielle Dudley, an instruction archivist, uh, Henry Kilbanoff, a veteran, veteran journalist, Margaret Burnham, a civil rights lawyer. Uh, and they're looking to, uh, well, actually, this was what was interesting was that this, uh, this, the bill that even motivated all this was started back in 2015 by, uh, by some uh, kids in high school. Um, but uh, I actually had mixed feelings about this, uh, this board going forward and what, and ultimately what it would, uh, what purpose it would serve. Um, you know, um, while it is, uh, on one hand, I guess it's, it's noble to uh, try try to uh, rectify or, or, in a sense, bring light to the truth behind several, I mean, probably hundreds of cases. Um, I'm just not sure what the next steps would be um, uh, once such truths came to light. Um, you know what? Uh, what those? What? The, what legal ramifications, if any, could take place? Um, and or uh, would would history change in any, in any way? Uh, would there be some kind of restitution to the families? Um, I, I mean, while this seems noble, I just, I just wonder at, at the purpose of it. Is it, is it, is it, is it more symbolic, gentlemen, or is it, or does it have a deeper significance that I'm not, uh, you know, detecting right now? Hmm. Good question. Go ahead, uh, L. Uh, I don't think that's. I think it's performative. Uh, I, I do think it's definitely performative. I think that's a product of quote-unquote woke culture uh, instead of giving us what we actually want they're continuously giving us things that they think are what we want would we like to have quote-unquote justice for all of the lynchings of black men black women black children fuck yeah we would but what does that do who are you going to arrest? Are you giving these families restitution? Are you yeah, going what, yeah. what, what does form this estate? Yeah. yeah. Does 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 the families do the families get a chance to dictate what the justice will look like? And typically in cold case situations, you know what happens? The case closes. Typically because the person who committed the crime is usually dead already. And if you go back to these sort of crimes, these people are going to more than likely already be dead. Or they're so, extremely ill. Or extremely Ill. Ill. So Ill. The statute of limitations has been is long past. No, so but that's, okay, okay. And so what you're essentially going to do is begin you're going to be closing cases, closing, cases. closing case files. But I think that's part of my my and I think we need to make sure that we have someone that has that legal expertise to answer that question, mm -hmm. because to my knowledge. When you're especially when you're talking about the death of another individual, to my knowledge, there is no statute of limitation on murder. There isn't. So Not murder. how are you? Why shouldn't you continue to go after these people? I mean, you check. I think that. I'll say this. I believe that it is imperative for them to do what is necessary to bring justice Absolutely. for these families. Agreed. Definitely. 
if not because of whatever monetary compensation they should be able to get from this, to be very honest with you. And I know these are criminal cases that need to be closed out. I I, I get it. But I also think once they've been able to satisfy the, the, the legal criminal status of it, it allows them an opportunity for Bang them in the head for the civil service. And I think many of these families they deserve that. I would much rather they have that than really. The, 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 in the cases, if if the perpetrator, the violator, is dead, if the violator is dead and they can't serve any jail time, then I think there should be monetary restitution put in place. Absolutely. What do you think about the fact that this this and Illinois state's person maybe actually, even go, maybe even go further if they, let me mind that just no, goes no, no. into a, it was because it was going into a, a almost like you know the families that the the perpetrators families you know how do you level out some sort of quote unquote justice if that person is deceased I I I think that type of those type of crimes are part of these families legacy like these families those type of crimes didn't happen in a vacuum like these families knew that these type of things took place because it was a community activity unfortunately yeah yeah, i guess some some there might be a there might be a bold argument to say Hmm. but some may some may claim that these murders were of benefit to these families it's possible uh, of benefit to their security, of benefit to retaining property. I, I think one of the, the interesting arguments that we tend to hear when we talk about these types of cases, whether we talk about the civil rights movement or we talk about slavery or we talk about injustices, period, that affect black people, is that you yeah. see a group of people that will stand up and say, uh, that has nothing to do with my family. We didn't do that type of thing. It didn't benefit. And I think to myself, like you take a step back. And one of my homies, shout out to shout out to the homie Trent. He said it, and it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. He said he was looking at a picture of the young girl in Arkansas where after they had desegregated. Oh, I hate that picture. And the L- mm. you hate just about every guy. No, was, I, I hate it. Go ahead. <laughs> but he's looking at that picture of this this little girl going into like third or fourth grade, being escorted by the Army National Guard to go into the school. And there are gro- there are a sea of white people, grown-ups, and young yelling, people. antagonizing, mm-hmm. spitting, harassing this little girl. Mm-hmm. All of them should be identified. That was somebody's grandmother. Yep. That was somebody's father. Mm-hmm. That was somebody's yep. grandmother and grandfather. All of them should be identified. Yep. Every For last all of these people, like I, I say that because you hear these people say that that wasn't part of their history, that wasn't their family. Where did all those motherfuckers come from? Hold on, not all where they come from. Where the fuck they go? That's my that's my point. Like they didn't yeah. run out all of a sudden. All yeah. of those racist people that we used to see in these in these pictures, all of a sudden, just up and disappeared. And you guys didn't spawn from nothing. Racist <laughs> grandparents had racist kids. Yep. Racist kids had more racist kids. Yeah. The same motherfuckers yeah. that are arguing about you know critical race theory. 
Yeah, their grandfather was That's probably what I'm saying. Plan. These you know, things are cyclical, unfortunately. And conditioning yeah. is a motherfucker. You grow up in a household and you have, we'll call it what what people call it in the black community, these generational curses. These people are coming in there, they're laying these this foundation for race and race relations in their household. And your son takes that and he ends up having kids and he passes that on, even if he doesn't pass it on in its totality, maybe because he works with his black man, he works with Jamal at work and Jamal is okay, but he's still kind of leery about black people. Mm -hmm. So then he still passes that on. And then your son in turn or daughter in turn takes it and then has children and they pass that same message along. The internet is the gift and the motherfucking curse because and with all of the foolishness and shenanigans that you see on the internet, the internet has also given an opportunity for these younger, younger generations to to more freely interact with other people that don't look like them, which is why they're we're making some headway. But even still, they still live in these homes where they're. I don't want. I guess peddling oh. is the only word that I can really use, right? Peddling these these. It's hard for me to believe that there's not one white family on this planet that does not have one or two racist ass motherfuckers in it. All of them motherfuckers is racist, man. Listen, it's, it's, it's hereditary, man. I believe that literally there's a a biological and psychological component. Why do you believe it's a biological part? I believe it's the same way that you can have you can pass stress down from family to family why wouldn't you be able to pass that sort of thing now not to the point of understanding and cognitively understanding racial dynamics but i think it's enough within their system within their component and again i don't play a doctor there's enough there to the point it's it's so embedded that I actually believe that there are some who are racist and don't realize that they're fucking racist. Like, yeah, yeah. They just can't grasp it because that's all they've ever known. But I don't believe that if they all of a sudden are introduced to how they're racist, that they stop that shit either. That, that, <laughs> oh no. I, I, I think that that's I think that that's an interesting conversation because the conversation that we typically have in mainstream conversation, right. as, as long as we have this dialogue, this initial dialogue and have this conversation, then we can get past all of it. But people keep forgetting that the process of racism and the institution of racism took a very long time. It's not going to be a one conversation thing. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be, oh, because you gave us Juneteenth as a fucking holiday that all of a sudden all of that shit just disappears. But I think anytime you even using the example, the harsh example of intimate partner violence, violence between males, gendered males and gendered females, there's an apparatus there that when that violence stops, you just don't automatically assume that dude doesn't still have those type of placurities anymore. Mm. You don't just stop. He has to he has to demonstrate over a period of time and perform some sort of restitution to, and he doesn't never gain that type of relationship back or that type of trust back. White people in this country historically have never had that sort of reckoning. So even when we have these types of correlation that you just did, that analogy, sure. that's, that's, that's powerful shit. God damn. But, yeah. but you look at it and you, you dig deeper, the Stockholm syndrome that often plays a role 
in intimate partner violence. Hold up, are you saying black people are the abuse, are like acting like an abused wife in this shit? Some of y'all motherfuckers are. God. Well, Elgin, I just I, told we started. I don't know. Maybe, off, maybe, maybe not. Nah, maybe not. He, he <laughs> might not be the abuse wife. Right. More, like more like the kick dog in the cage. The white, because the white, you know, they 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 abuse, they, they you know, they love abusing women in their in their structure as well. Listen, but I just I'm, I'm women, really, I'm women. really just kind of just blown at the at that analogy because mm. that's a that's that's painful. Yes. Not only is that yes. painful, that's yes. that's 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 harsh. Accurate. That's harsh shit. Accurate, accurate, accurate. Think, think about it. Uh, because, okay, because basically the abuse feels like where can I go? Yeah, not only that, but. As someone who has worked in facilities and worked with women who are survivors of these things, there is a correlation and a component that you can see. Like many of these women said, you know, I wanted to get out of this relationship, but there were resources and things that they can provide for me. And I think in, there are many black folks who have a similar, it, there is a correlation there, but I mean, is it perfect? No correlation is, but I think there's something to that, particularly when you're in that space and you don't have any other recourse but to stay. So one of the worst things that you ever tell a, a gendered woman in those situations to do is, well, why don't you just leave? Mm. Like, Mm. Leave, leave, and do what? Yeah, yeah. And go where? With whom? And it doesn't stop him from coming after me. And in many What's cases, I think it's, it's very structured. He's yeah. under like his family's her family. She's away from their family. There's a lot of things that go into it, man. It's it's not that simple. And I I, I can see I I see the correlation. I see how you broken it's that rough, down. Man. Yeah, I, I can see it. I want to give a quick shout out to these high school kids that actually came up with the whole idea in the first place. Yeah, it's very interesting to see that to have a generate. I think the per, the young lady that actually put together the bullet points for it was a junior at the time. So mm -hmm. to see a generation of kids actually take stock and pride in seeing issues like this be resolved it speaks volumes at least for me i i, I think it's, it should be commended now the question then becomes how earnest some of these politicians are because we've already seen <laughs> how earnest some of them have been with this whole juneteenth thing right yeah, I mean, they're, just, yeah. they're just nominees we don't know if they're going to be nominated yeah we'll, we'll we'll see how that works out all right right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom to take with yourself into the week uh crush what's up man uh i just want to send a shout out to jim jones and conway the machine for perhaps providing the most exciting battle of hip-hop in years <laughs> this is because one guy said, um, no, we're using new beats. And that changed the whole <laughs> the whole thing. So I'm looking forward to that and uh and all the shows coming to town. Um so everyone be safe out there. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Ghost Ray and Jizza in my town uh, in December. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, hold up, they're coming in December because they were supposed to come and I had signed up for the goddamn to see the show at mm -hmm. Maryland Live, and then that mm -hmm. they, I got a fucking email saying that the show had been canceled. Yeah, they they have a new show, new show coming. December new show. Yeah, it's in December. Yeah, I need going. to. I need oh, to. Oh, yeah, my Because I was I was hell of excited to to go see them. But okay. Damn. L, what's up, man? 
I just want to encourage folks, man, particularly black folks, to get out and join an organization, man. Get active in your community. Join a grassroots organization to participate in the fight. So a lot of the issues that we're actually experiencing and we're dealing with, we've been dealing with for generations upon fucking generations. And the only way for us to actually make any sort of progress and headway is for us to organize and mobilize. Get involved in fucking organizations in your community. If there isn't one, start one. This idea of us just being, you know, doing type buys on the internet is bullshit. You got to put some feet on the ground and get out in your community, man, to make change. Join the organization, man. Stop bullshitting. <laughs> What's up for me this week is, uh, and I haven't really seen it anywhere else in mainstream news, news coverage, uh, a young man by the name of Christopher Bailey. Uh, that lives in Los Angeles, was pulled over by police for reckless driving, I guess they said. They said he was straddling the lines of the divide. They pulled him over. Uh, one police officer pulled him over and in turn called for backup. And let's just say at the end of it, seven police officers showed up and gave him a Rodney King-style beating. God damn. Over a hundred punches and kicks to his head and face. Part of this was that they had three charges of resisting arrest and disorderly conduct that they filed against him after his arrest that have all since been dropped. So what does that tell you? At least what it tells me is that Either body cam footage came out and they checked that shit and saw that what he what they said wasn't the case, or something to that effect. For you to for them to drop all three charges of resisting arrest and disorderly conduct. This man lost teeth, fractured eye socket, and has lost the sight, at least until now, in his left eye from this beating. There is a a there is a suit against the police department, of course. We don't know where that's going to go, but I'm hoping that he, because I don't think it's monetary. I think at this point, the first case is for them all to be fired and put in jail. I don't know where that's going to go. I'm hoping that it goes somewhere, that the evidence is there, but. Where the hell are all the reformers at nowadays, all the police reformers and you know, we just got to reform this. And then your president, Joe Biden, is going to come out with his new crime bill. This this is only one answer. Listen, only listen, my guy. This, all of this shit is, is, like you said, one, it is performative. Two, it's all a strategy. Because yep. let's be very honest with you. We had all of these issues, right, about police brutality, police reform, police uh, injustice, and all of that other stuff. And there was two camps. It was either you want police reform or you stood with the blue lines, blue lives matter and that blue line uh, of justice or whatever. Then all of a sudden, January 6th comes and you see white people show their ass and it was and showed you that it was not about blue lives. Because many police officers that gay got sent to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A couple of them died, right? Right to the grave, yeah. I'm more than so that. we know now that it wasn't about police. Mm -hmm. No. 
and police and the blue lives uh, and blue yeah. lives mattering. Now all of a sudden you have a certain group of people that to distract you from this from police reform, they're making critical race theory. And I hate to keep bringing this up, but it's the new boogeyman. It's apparently. the new boogeyman. It is. Yeah, the boogeyman. They're making critical that's, race that's theory. They're the boogeyman. So anytime you think about critical race theory, you think about these black people out in the street marching, fighting against these blue lives. So it's no longer really about the blue lives. You 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 disconnect it from blue lives, but at the same time, you taint the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I've I've I'm glad that we have this show because I was already feeling some sort of way after old boy's message. And the fact that I had, I've been suspended from social media for the past 30 days. So I was already feeling some sort of way. And that's the thing that got me is like, I've been suspended. I'm ready to get off this fucking suspension. And all of a sudden, that's the that's the fucking message that shows up in my goddamn box. I said, it had to be L. L fucking, L fucking did this shit somehow. And I don't know how he did it. Nope. I need to find some way. <laughs> I'm going to call my Nigerian cousins to fucking scam your damn account. Don't blame account. me for Jesse Lee, bro. What me? Oh that, that's, that's your boy. Nah, fuck that dude. Uh, Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you, my guy? Well, real quick, I want to send a shout out to my man Slimcast78 and Asheru uh, um, of Art Walks for giving me my first show at the Freedom Beat this past Saturday. It was motherfucking awesome. It was great. No, no, it wasn't perfect, but people had a good time. And the live link I will post in the group soon. No doubt. Um, Yeah, you can catch me on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush with a K or SP Methods. No doubt. L, where can people find you, man? At Elgin Bailey on Twitter. Come through, Jesse. Yes, come through for this motherfucker, <laughs> Elgin. Stop Uncle showing Ruckus. up my goddamn Uncle Ruckus he's, on the way. He's not going to come through. Him and, him, and, him and Sarah will stay. Him and Sarah. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And we want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate you. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Come over and join the family. Come join the Patreon. You will not regret it. We 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 know you picking up what we putting down. So just stop. Save yourself some time. And just come over and yeah, buy it. Buy it. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent in the black. In the black. In the black. Peace. Peace. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. Word. Bretrix, what up? I done bred a black up here, Bretrix, listen. Uh. In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Yeah. switch fast if you ain't raw, then yeah. you're whack. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up here, bro. Man, a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcast. Y'all mess with this. Like, said they my cheat. Who no do it so effortless? I listen them, I learn, when them listen them, I benefit. Reporting, covering events, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not fused without evidence. Telling you the truth.
Proof sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement. Listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin power. That's so unsettling. Bright in the stars. Bringing some light back to the desolate. Yeah. In the black podcast, think your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, the panther pull up and watch black up in your chat, Mickey on flap. In the black podcast, think your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, we outlast. The whole of them can, none of them no can trust. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's how we are doing it, big old. Yeah. Mr. In the black himself. What up, DJ Henry? It's your boy, Black Pink. I'm out.